there has to be an accountable officer overall for ESG, whereby you do have somebody that's held to account. However, ESG is not about a complementary organization. It's about embedding that cultural shift into the organization so that those general managers and beyond that have responsibility and accountability for delivery see the ESG agenda as part of their remit and part of their role. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Welcome to another episode of the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. I'm Gary Baker, Global Communications Director for the Hackett Group. ESG, or Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance, is a very hot topic right now. Broadly, it's about setting more socially conscious standards for corporate behavior, and it includes everything from efforts to cut carbon emissions, to diversity and inclusion initiatives, to data security, and more. There are major changes taking place here with regulators in the U.S. and Europe preparing to set standards for how companies actually report their progress against environmental goals, so companies need to be prepared to walk the talk in the very near future. This change will have a major impact on finance leaders who will likely be tasked with the planning, budgeting, management, and compliance elements that will be required. To discuss these issues, I'm joined by the Hacker Group Director, John Omani, and Director Stephen Ferguson. Stephen is leading the Hacker Group's effort to address questions on these issues from companies in our advisory programs and staying close to the emerging ESG standard-setting agenda. John is driving our transformation practice in Europe and helping companies rewire their processes, data, systems, and governance practices to address a growing need for companies to demonstrate sustainability. Welcome, John, and welcome, Stephen. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Good to be here. Stephen, why don't you start us out with everything that's going on in the world right now? It feels like a very different place than it was a year or two ago. Is ESG still a major priority for most companies, and, and should it be? If we go back a year, there was a really big push on ESG with the the climate conference in November in in Glasgow, where some big commitments were made by most of the geographies of the world. And we had the creation of the International Sustainability Standards Board at that conference as well. But if we fast forward to now and we look at the amount of turmoil that there is in the world, and we've got a war situation in the Ukraine, we've got economic headwinds, we've got political instability in many countries. It just feels like the environment has changed a lot. What is fair to say is that some of this turmoil is is actually strengthening the case for ESG and there's there's concerns over energy security and that's maybe making certain countries think about pivoting more to renewables agenda. We've got evidence of the price of oil and gas going up and the renewables costs going down. So that, again, goes in favour of that if we think of the climate dynamic. And we also we look at standard setters and what they are doing. And we were watching this very closely. And we have the, the International Sustainability Standards Board are just going ahead. They have launched their two initial standards this year. They've been out for consultation and they're in deliberation phases. And there's no sign that they are changing their view. We, we had them presenting at a recent conference and they were very, you know, very strong that, that they go, go forward and, and into 2023, these standards will be in place. They recently had a board meeting where they talked about 
whether they should be thinking about scope three greenhouse gases, one of the more challenging aspects, and they unanimously decided to go forward. So that's the ISSB and the SEC. They also are mandated disclosures this year. And we have the European agenda going forward, which is actually probably the most comprehensive agenda we are seeing for ESG with 13 exposure drafts out there with an intention to go forward into 2024, where companies will be starting to report against them. So we've got that going on, but that feeling that although there is pushback and headwinds, there's enough momentum behind this to make it go forward. And we shouldn't underestimate employees and consumers and investors and, and their perspectives. And we sense that this is an important topic for all those the clientels. And therefore, that pressure on companies is going to continue. So so very much, although there is pressure upon it, we feel yes, she's going to go forward. Stephen, a lot of what you talked about is related to climate-related issues, but obviously ESG is much broader than that. How is the way companies are responding to other ESG issues changing? Yeah, that's a good point, Gary. And I think climate gets a lot of the focus because that's the ESG theme that is seeming as a major emergency. And a lot of the, the public comment is around that. And, and the standards that, that have been released in the disclosures at the start are very focused on climate. But ESG is much broader. There's, there's broader environmental themes like biodiversity and water and pollution and waste, things like that, and social themes like equality, uh, inclusiveness, and you know even things like fair trade and, and how you operate as a business. We were talking recently to the International Sustainability Standards Board, and it's their intention after they land the first climate standard to go after other ESG themes. So their advice to us is over the next five to 10 years, there will be a rollout of, you know, continual rollout of other ESG type standards that companies have to respond to. So what John is noticing is that climate is going to test the process. It's going to be a process we'll have to go through for other themes as well. So organizations are wise to see ESG as being a more comprehensive thing. And certainly companies that are operating in the European environment will need to pay close attention to this because some of the the European sustainability reporting standards are focused in on things like pollution, water, marine resources and biodiversity. So it's going to become quite real for companies operating in Europe. And many multinational organizations are going to be caught in that world of, of having to abide by international sustainability standards, SEC regulations, and potentially if they've got operations in Europe, the European Union standards that are coming at us. So it's a comprehensive impact potentially over the next five to 10 years. And it's not just about climate, it's much broader than that. And if companies are setting up to deal with ESG, they should see it as being quite a sophisticated dynamic that they need to manage. Interesting. John, I know you've been speaking to organizations about what they need to do. Uh, what advice are you giving them? With regard to the whole ESG agenda, first of all, what I'm saying to organizations is don't underestimate the amount of effort that needs to go into this. It really is a kind of paradigm shift in terms of the expectation around what companies need to disclose externally and what they need to commit to. You know, So put the effort into it and put the effort in early. Secondly, don't see it as an administrative burden. And by that, what I mean is this is genuinely an opportunity for to create what I'd regard as unique competitive advantage. By being investing in this early, what you're positioning yourself 
is to make yourself more attractive to your customer base, to investors, to the stakeholder communities in large across the world, you know, whereby if you're positioning yourself as a responsible employer with an environmental tag and with good, strong governments within your organization, that can lead to one thing, and that is, quite frankly, sustainable competitive advantage and the ability to grow as an organization and move well into the 21st century. Now, to address that, a lot of people see it as this is just an additional piece of reporting. Well, it's more than that. And it needs to be about, first of all, determining what your strategy is going to be, you know, where you're going to get, what commitment you're going to push into the marketplace and how you're going to deliver against this because you will be held to it. Right. And in order to do that, then you need to consider how within the organization, which you've determined that, how you're going to facilitate that reporting. By facilitating that reporting, you need to consider where the sources of data are going to come from. And that will be a combination of internal data sources, external data sources that you can relatively control and data sources externally. In addition to that, that you can influence, but you can't necessarily control. So it's a quite a large, let's say, data model that needs to be put in place in order to, to commit to this. And remember that this will be auditable. As a consequence behind that, you're in a position whereby it has to have the same rigor and integrity as your annual disclosure statements from a financial perspective have today. So this is genuinely a big investment that you need to consider. Once you've established that in terms of what you're reporting and how you're going to collate data and bring it together and verify it and provide an audit trail, then you consider around, right, how am I going to hold the organization to account in terms of that external commitment that I've made? That involves changing the way you plan in terms of, i.e., where you're going to assign responsibility within the organization for making that change in terms of improvements in your carbon emissions, etc., And from that, then measuring and holding individuals accountable against that in terms of performance reporting, in terms of accountability, in terms of incentive schemes. So therefore, think of this as something that, quite frankly, is transformational for the organization. And those that embrace that transformation will create that competitive advantage over the rest of their competitors in the marketplace. Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about the potential impact of all this on the finance function beyond just the accounting and reporting? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is that although this is on the face of it about disclosure and it will be, in essence, something as important in time as other financial information, and it will be, as as John said, something that needs to stand up to audit scrutiny, it's quite different from a disclosure requirement like something like a disclosure standard on lease accounting which is you know about technical accounting and and how things look in the balance sheet and the P&L there is more here that needs to be taken into consideration than that it's going to impact upon the way we plan and the way that we change behaviors in the organization as John has talked about and we think it will have some specific impacts on many finance processes it'll be quite comprehensive and invasive and how it impacts on on the finance function. So if I can just focus in on a few of those things. So if we were to look at the, the control and risk management part of finance, then we would expect that there's a need to consider new strategic risks and fold these into the enterprise risk management processes. 
we need to be mindful that there are going to be you know, additional needs to report against things like the new green taxonomy in the European Union and the UK. We may see more taxes that we have to consider environmental taxes that, that impact upon that part of finance. If we go into the financial planning and analysis areas, then we need to be considering new scenarios and scenario modelling will play a role to game out how different scenarios in terms of climate change may take an effect on the organisation. In order to get the performance management processes upgraded, we would probably need to consider new KPIs and new incentives. And I think if we look into maybe more transactional parts of finance, even things like the travel policy, although travel really dipped during the pandemic and hasn't really fully recovered business travel, I think companies will take an opportunity to look at their travel policies with an ESG lens. And we should also consider things like carbon offset accounting and environmental taxes and how we manage that. And if we are, are taking a view as an organisation that we are going to, to restrict our carbon intensity, then we may have to look at offsets and ways of managing that. So there's lots going on, not just the accounting disclosure. And if we're going to be serious about some of the public commitments we make as companies, then we have to be willing to back that up with behaviour change in the organisation. And the actual accounting just makes you have an X-ray on what you're doing. So we feel finance is a really important role to play across all of the processes that the finance function manages and keeping the organization honest in some of its public commitments. John, do most companies need new systems and new organizations in order to you know, address these ESG issues? Or can they find ways to build the capabilities they need into the organizations and the systems that they already have? I'll start with the, the organization bit. I don't think it necessarily needs a new organization component. But what it does need is taking on new responsibilities within the organization. I think there has to be an accountable officer overall for ESG, whereby you do have somebody that's held to account for ensuring the integrity of ESG. Now, arguably, it could be incorporated into the role of the CFO as part of their responsibilities, or it could be a direct report of theirs or to the CIO, right? That's kind of one aspect. However, ESG is not about a complementary organization. It's about embedding that cultural shift into the organization so that those general managers and beyond that have responsibility and accountability within the organization for delivery see the ESG agenda as part of their remit and part of their role. So it's about driving that accountability and that cultural change into the organization in an embracing responsibilities and accountabilities associated with ESG. So separately, if we address the technology aspect, by and large, most organizations have in place comprehensive external financial reporting and disclosure systems. Those systems act as a baseline to support external ESG reporting. So that's kind of one aspect of it. However, what one has to appreciate is that there are multiple data sources associated with ESG, and a lot of those data sources are reliant on non-financial data as it exists today. Now, in order to bring the level of integrity to the fore associated with it, there is a need to ensure that the existing technology can fulfill that. 
that may be a challenge in some cases. What we do recommend to organizations is, is that they do conduct a fit gap analysis between their existing technology platforms and how they can leverage those to support ESG and how it can be augmented or modified or indeed invested in with complementary technology to be able to bring all of that level of data together. In other words, to be in a position whereby you can provide accountability, integrity, reliance, control to the fore so that when the external auditors review and validate what's there, they can see the audit trail behind it. The other thing that I would add is the need to interface to external data sources. You know, where you're reliant on third-party organizations to fulfill part of your value chain associated with, let's say, in particular supply chain or the use of distributors, etc. The ability to be able to seamlessly integrate data from them against kind of common standards to be able to control it, to be able to manage it, and to use the technology effectively to fulfill that. So that's kind of what I would highlight in terms of organization structure and technology. And I think they're key considerations that need to be brought together when we're thinking about the ESG agenda and how we can fulfill that. Great stuff, guys. John and Stephen, thank you so much for your insights and your guidance today. Great talking with you both. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackagroup.com.